Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Back Mike podcast for the Monday show. And I'm really sorry if you're here for Andrew Musgo's dulcet tones because you're stuck with me, Aaron Stokes, the Cast United editor. Andrew is off on holiday all week, so you've got me for the next few episodes. But fear not, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a friend of the show, Newcastle United fans TV's Sam Mulliner, who has had quite a busy weekend um, watching Newcastle United uh, put in some very, very good performances. Sam, how are you? Oh, I'm brilliant. I've had the best weekend ever. Did the uh, did the old double header, Forest <laughs> away on uh, Saturday, Saturday tea time, and then I went up to uh, Burnley yesterday to see the women play. Two fantastic away wins for Newcastle and Newcastle women. Absolutely superb performances uh, as well, particularly by the uh, by the lasses yesterday. Just a, what a, what a, what a way to spend a weekend. Exactly, and Sam, I must say, I've got a real sense of deja vu here because I'm pretty sure one of the last times I hosted the Monday Show with you, yeah. we were sat talking about you living it up in the city ground away and watching Newcastle beat Forest. I think the you know what we're learning is you just need to go to every single uh, Forest away game and you, and we'll see Newcastle United win. There's there's some uh, there's some balloting issues there to be resolved if that is ever going to be the case. But uh, yeah, unless Reach PLC can supply me, can can I sneak in with you to every away Thanks game? That that'd be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a lot of deja vu about um, the City Ground evening kickoff. Obviously, last year, uh, last season, it was the Friday night game. And uh, a fantastic away win where we were nearly robbed by VAR. I'm still not over Elliot Anderson uh, <laughs> having that goal disallowed. But, uh, yeah, the performance was probably a bit better last year than uh, Saturday night. But three points is three points and uh, we'll take it every day of the week. And I think it, what we've seen is twice, as you say, very different performances both times. But... Again, it looks like a, a crack in a win was there on Saturday. It looked like they were living it up. For those yeah. who aren't watching live and who are listening, Sam is just nodding gleefully in the background with a huge smile on his face. Um, look, we'll dive straight into the game. There's so much to talk about. Um, and I think there's only probably one place to start, and that is Bruno Gomez in the middle of the field. Now, I don't know what it was like for you guys in the away end. There might have been some drunken eyes watching it, but straight away on at home on TV, you could see that Bruno was being used in this number eight position. He was being used further up the pitch, a position where he's really, you know, he's been public about wanting to play. We've seen him obviously deployed as a, as a number six in recent months. I mean, he was just absolutely spectacular on Saturday, wasn't he? One of his better performances of the season, if not since he arrived at Newcastle one of the most gifted players we'll ever see play for Newcastle United. Simple as that. Um, yeah, it was an interesting setup. Yes, there was a lot of drunken eyes on the on the game in the away end uh, Saturday night, but not from me. I was completely stone cold Steve Sober um, <laughs> as, as I was uh, I was driving. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting one. And look, something had to had to change because the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result. And Eddie Howe's He's not stupid, is he? He's he's um, he's got a good tactical nous on him, and that link up between defence and midfield hasn't been clicking. It still didn't really click on Saturday evening either. But I w- I'll put that down to a few teething problems into a bit of a, a new system. Um, it was a bit tricky to start off with to work out just what system was um, he was going with. Uh, it looked like well, what was what was obvious that um, Lewis Miley was deployed in the middle of the the three. Yeah. Um, in midfield, and Bruno was 
had a bit more freedom to get forward on the left-hand side of the three because um, we're so missing Joe Willock, especially now Joe Linton's out for the season. Um, Willock will bring such balance to that midfield, um, which, you know, Miley and Longstaff, individually, they've done they've done absolutely fine over the past few weeks. Um, well, better than fine. But neither look really comfortable on the left-hand side of the three. And it's um, it's just proven what a big miss Joe Willock has been, as, as well as Joe Linton as well. But um, I'm expecting towards this, when Willock's back, we're, we're kind of expecting him to be back by the end of the month, aren't we? Um, which could mean anything. Don't play poker with Eddie Howe because you will lose a lot of money, <laughs> um, as we'll no doubt come on to Anthony Gordon shortly. Um, but, I'm looking forward to a bit of link-up play down our left-hand side between Willock and Harvey Barnes towards uh, between now and the end of the season, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I, I, you know, we're five minutes into the pod and I don't want to talk about negatives when it was such a good win. But I think what we have seen with this midfield three, which Eddie Howe has been forced to play the last four weeks, pretty much since the derby, is that we don't know whether it does work. They still look a little bit vulnerable when they don't have the ball, you know, Miley and Longstaff are probably players that are too similar to each other. Bruno, as we know, has been playing a little bit further back. Um, but I think just going back to, to Miley and where Bruno was, Miley obviously played in that number six role when they lost to Bournemouth um, in around November. It was his first real taste of it and he didn't look settled in it. I thought he looked really, really assured on Saturday um, mm. against an attacking midfielder and Morgan Gibbs-White, who was constantly trying to hurry and harass him. Um, and I think it begs the question now was, does Eddie Howe going forward stick to that three of, you know, until Joe Willock is back? Does Miley sit at the base now we've seen Bruno excelling? Or do you think he reverts back as he did towards the end of the game when Newcastle were trying to sort of shore up that win? Uh, it's an interesting one. Individually, they're doing, they're doing well. But mm. as a unit, something's lacking because we were exposed defensively. Matt, we should have had a clean sheet Saturday night if you want to be particularly harsh. Um, but their two goals came from mistakes. Um, but individually, they're playing well. But as a cohesive unit, it's just not there, especially in the link-up with the back four, because obviously we're missing Nick Pope massively. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the only differing factor between this season and last season. Over an elongated period of time now, we've missed Pope. And, you know, it's, it's the same back four and... They were impregnable last season, and now they're so vulnerable this season, as as we saw a couple of times. Forrest had the best chance early on. Gibbs White should have uh, buried a chance early on, mm-hmm. and um, Alanga got the better of Dan Byrne, um, as he was bound to do at some point during the game. But on the whole, Dan Byrne was superb for me uh, Saturday evening. I thought he played very well. Um, but yeah, up until our first goal, which still did come quite early doors. Forests were, were in the ascendancy and, and had the better of the chances and were looking to expose our defensive frailties, of, of which there was a fair few. I mean, early on, Trippier was kind of pressing forward, um, cutting inside, uh, almost to assist Miley in the six. And then Cher was, was coming to the right-hand side and pinging diagonals to, to Anthony Gordon, who's not injured. Um yeah, it was a bit of a mishmash to start off with. But, you know, he had to change things. He did change things. It, it's going to take a little while 
you would rather him do it in the Premier League than the FA Cup, because um, that will probably be our priority going forward, as as it should be. Let's face it, top four's gone. Yeah. Um, but you'd, you'd take sixth, seventh European football next year would be a successful season in my eyes. Um, so, yeah, I'm I, I look looking forward, Bruno going forward, a little bit more freedom that he enjoyed when he first signed. If you remember, cast your minds back a couple of years ago, it was John Joe, John Joe Shelby that was sitting in the, in the kind of six role and uh, Bruno was on the right-hand side of the three. Um, with either Joe Linton or, or Joe Willock, you know, and he was he was scoring important goals for us away at Southampton, uh, Leicester in the dying minutes at home, um, and it's no coincidence he's got on the score sheet with two fantastic finishes by, as I said earlier, one of the most gifted players we will ever see play for Newcastle United. Yeah, yeah, very much so. We've got people in the comments agreeing with you here. We've got Roger going. Bruno was immense. We've got Philip Middlemast who says he looks much better as the number eight. I always feel like he's a bit wasted further back. He sees the balls mm. that other midfielders don't. And somebody has just wrote here, let me just find it. Mark Ridpass says, Bruno needs to be one booking away from a suspension for the rest of the season. He has such composure now as well as intelligence and restraint. I'm not sure Eddie Howe will agree with that one. Well, it was quite interesting, actually. It's clearly on his mind. If you saw his interview on Match of the Day afterwards, yeah. it's clearly on his mind, as well it should be, um, <laughs> because we can't afford to miss him for two games because we still haven't won a game with when he hasn't played in the Premier League. Um, so it's no coincidence just how important he is. He's he's absolutely world-class. I, 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 look, I've made no secret of him. I absolutely adore him. If I found him in bed with the missus, I'd tuck him in and get him some bed socks so he doesn't get a chill. <laughs> Um, he's just a phenomenally gifted player. Um, on a night like that, towed the line between um, passion and intelligence perfectly. Um, because he can sometimes get his um, uh, his emotions can get the better of him, which has led to silly yellow cards, which puts us in the position we're in now, where he's won yellow yeah. away from a from a two game ban. Um, I don't know when d d is that. Is there a certain date towards the end of the season where that kind of nullifies? I think I think he has to go another eight games until it resets. So if he ah. can keep that straight for another another two or three months, that would be great. But I'm not holding my breath. But it's actually funny you mentioned that because um, you look at Bruno's bookings and he picked up four in four consecutive games. Mm. Four, he's now obviously had the run without. And as you say, for anyone who didn't watch Match of the Day, he said he wanted to jump into the the, the crowd and celebrate with the supporters but he, he just held himself back because he didn't want to get booked and I think Eddie Howe will be very very happy that he did that I mean let's just talk about that first goal you've you've called them all sorts of of adjectives in the last couple of minutes world class being one of them I think that finish and, and not only the finish but the fact that we're now seeing Newcastle be a real threat from these set pieces Jason Tindall and Stephen Purchase are having a real effect on the training ground with it and we saw it play out again uh, for the opener as well. Yeah, um, and on that point about the set piece, it's it's a good job because we've created nothing from open play in the whole of that for, for a good seventy minute uh, seventy minute. What 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 when it was the was the third goal? Time just kind about of isn't 60, it? 60, 65 maybe. That was probably the first chance we created from open play. Um, the the first two goals both came from set pieces and. 
bit of clever trickery for, from Gordon blocking the Forest runner and um, some real grit and determination to get there because uh, Almiron, who took the, the corner for the pass to Trippier, nearly bodged it right up. Um, he left the pass a little bit too short. Miggy had an absolute mare Saturday night. Um, one of them games, you know, we all know he blows hot and cold. He was blowing very cold um, uh, Saturday evening. It was his birthday the day before, so maybe he... he one he too many Sam times. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, yeah, so that, that could have been a case, but it all worked out well in the end. Um, but yeah, the corner is whipped in superbly by Trippier. Bruno snuck round the back post completely unmarked and uh, an absolute oh, peach of a finish outside of the foot on the volley in the corner. Um, good to see Matt Sells is still rubbish at uh, commanding crosses um, and, and other aspects of goalkeeping. And uh, yeah, it's 1-0 scenes in Sioux. They did indeed. Um, like you say, absolutely fantastic. Trippier again with another assist. I think he's the first either the first player or the first defender to reach 10 assists so far this season. Yeah. There's only three assists off match and Trent Alexander-Arnold's all-time Premier League record for a single season. He's he's turned into a real, real provider this, this season, which has been absolutely fantastic. Now, we've got to do it. We're 30 minutes into the podcast and I haven't mentioned the Hamburn yet, so we're going we're gonna to bring it up because it dominated the headlines before the game. Who would start? I think... We all sort of had a feeling it would be Dan Byrne after that stone Sheddy Howe defence um, in the press conference. Andrew Musgrove, if he was on this show today, would be telling you all that he told you. He told you he wouldn't shut up about it in the office all week that he thought Dan Byrne was going to get the nod, and so he did. Now, you mentioned a quote earlier, which I actually had written down completely as a coincidence. Um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice and uh, expecting different results. You wouldn't get Einstein quotes if it was Andrew Musgrove hosting this show, let me just say. And it felt like that a little bit when Dan Byrne started because we saw Anthony Alanga, Forest right midfielder, have a fantastic game against Dan Byrne on Boxing Day. 17 minutes in, he races past him, absolutely burns him for speed, if you pardon the pun. And Dubravka's forced into a good save. And then moments later, we see Newcastle concede. I agree with you. I think Dan Byrne actually had a, a really good game, despite those one or two um, sort of moments against Alanga. Did you expect Byrne to start? And what was the sort of mood like among fans when the team came out and Tino was benched yet again? Um, I 100% expected Dan Byrne to start. I, I, I get it. People want to see Livermento start. I'm, I'm not against that at all. Um He's been absolutely superb every time he's been called upon this season as Tino Livramento. Looks an absolutely superb player. Um, the feeling, um, I think most people expected Burn to start, to be honest. I, d I don't think it, it really took a genius to, to figure that one out. Um, so Musgrove can wind his neck in with I told you so's. But look, Livramento's time will come. Uh, Dan Byrne was always going to have a tough, tough night against Pacey Wingers. Confidence might have been a bit shaken. Uh, no one likes to be criticised. Um, but he grew into the game really well, did, did Dan Byrne. Um, great save from Dubravka early on when Alanga did get free. Mm -hmm. um, really, really good save. And the goal itself... A lot more went wrong before um, Botman and Byrne got split open. 
um, for for Alanga's goal. Um, it, it all stemmed from Al, a poor Almiron pass, losing the ball over on the right wing, and then it, it's just one error after another. Um, you could even argue Dubravka didn't need to come all the way out to 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 get that to get that ball. Um, he was in no man's land, really, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was because he's come out of his box, so all he can do is save it with his feet. So he's probably rushed out a bit, a bit too enthusiastically, and and as you say, left him in no man's land. And it was one-one, and you couldn't argue. Forrest probably deserved it at that point. Um, we, we were by no means dominating the game at all. It was still pretty ropey in patches, especially between. Um, defence in midfield, all they would do is pass it back and across between themselves and they were just inviting pressure on, which was so frustrating because we play our best stuff on the front foot. Mm. There's there's no two ways about that. And um, yeah, it, it was it was really frustrating because all they would do, I mean, Fabian Cher would be on the touchline more or less, uh, receiving the ball near the corner flag and then pumping it forward. It was... <laughs> And then you just inviting Forrest back onto you. It was um, it was a bit clueless at times and a bit frustrating. Um, but fortunately, this time it all worked out in the end. It might not do that every other time, though. I think on, on Dan Byrne, and, and somebody's made a great point in the comments here, Peter Slater says, to be fair, Alanga is going to do that to most left, left backs in the league, not just Dan Byrne. And Truel says Byrne had a very good second half. He was just a bit met in the first. I think mm. I agree. I think he grew into it. Um, look, anyhow, he's been very, very loyal to Dan Byrne, who, by the way, I actually think has been quite good in recent weeks. I thought he was very good at Fulham. But he was, you know, one of the, the better players in the win at Villa as well. We all know what happened with Luton again, when, you know, they've got a really pacey winger on the side. Um, but I think he offers that little bit of stability when he's playing you know, with a bit of confidence. And as you say, I bet you his confidence was rocked because it it was remarkable how much of the build-up to this game was actually, you know, spent talking about Dan Byrne. And Tino Livermento, I agree, his time will come. He's not even a left-back, we've got to remember. You know, he was signed as Kieran Trippier's backup. He's played in pretty much every position so far this season off the bench. And I actually think on Livermento... The fact that we've seen him twice come on for Lewis Miley in recent games when they've been trying to hold on to that lead and Newcastle have gone back to the back five, how loves having that option off the bench, which you don't really get with anyone else. And I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more down Byrne. And I think, you know, that shouldn't be a bad thing. I think he's shown no. in the last two years that when this back four is, is rocking and as you say, they, they are missing Nick Pope undoubtedly. But I think he's deserving of that place in the team. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm uh, not too far back as well. At Villa, dealt with Musa Diaby fantastically well. Um, mm. It's 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 a tricky one because he will be targeted just because he's six foot seven and you know he's he's not slow. It just the acceleration is not there, which you know yeah. wing, a winger's key attribute is acceleration. Um, but look, he's been. Immense for us since he signed. A dressing room leader, um, boyard fan knows exactly what it is to to play for the badge. I've not really got a bad word to say about him. Look, every every member of that team has put in a couple of ropey performances this season. We were on about Trippier before; he had a bit of a wobble in form earlier on this season, but now he's back to his his best. 
Um, Burn will be the same. I mean, people were... There's always a bit of a scapegoat, whether it's Longstaff, Burn, whoever. Miggy, although he was poor on Saturday. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, look, there there always seems to be a bit of a scapegoat. But yeah, Dan Burn is... um, isn't it just isn't an issue for me i i don't i don't get annoyed when i see him on the team sheet at all it's just part of our accustomed back four really yeah 100 we've got roger in the comment here saying i'm a big damn burn supporter uh, he bleeds black and white we've also got uh, peter slater saying luton and Nottingham forest have the two fastest wingers in the league plus i don't think dan has been getting the cover that he normally would when the likes no, of are not playing, which is very, very true. Uh, and Les agrees with that. He says, agree, Peter. He has been isolated at times. Uh, moving on to another defender there, and that is Fabian Scher, who, uh, as well as having you know, very, very good looks, has also turned into a little bit of a finisher in, in recent weeks. I mean, that was a proper striker's goal on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, if Wilson's injury is bad and Isaac's not fit, I'd, I'd whack him up front. <laughs> I would. I would rather have him up front than like a Jacob Murphy or or, or someone of that kind because at least Fabian can finish. And uh, yeah, it's just such an adept finish to, you know, if you if you weren't um, accustomed to what Fabian Share brings to a football team, you you would think he was just a natural born finisher. Superb. What a f- <laughs> wins the free, he won the free kick as well which led led up to the goal too, didn't he? Um where he did actually went down. But we'll uh, we'll come on to the forest equaliser. Um, yeah, what a rich vein of form he is on for for a goal scoring centre back. Uh, incredible, incredible. I mean, he's he's outscoring some forward players that cost a hell of a lot of money, and there he is, a centre back for three three million pound. He just looks so comfortable as well up front. I honestly would. If Wilson and Isaac are both out of, of Saturday against Bournemouth, stick Fab up top. Just go on. We'll put that to Eddie Howe this week in the press conference and see uh, see how he reacts to it. You never know. He might already have it up his sleeve. I think, as you say, and you mentioned the price tag, £3 million. I know it gets talked about a lot, but in terms of where he ranks pound for pound, he's got to be so close to the top. I mean... Considering, you know, he, he was nearly, he was so close to leaving the club under Steve Bruce, who, you know, fancied the likes of Kieran Clark and Federico Fernandez above him. It's just absolutely fantastic to see that he's signed a new contract and is staying and is playing fantastically well. Um, and I thought he was another who had a good game at both ends of the of the pitch on Saturday. Yeah, he was. Um the only thing that let him down was just a bit of naivety towards the end of the first half, which caused um, Forrest's second equaliser. But on the whole, he's he's flying, isn't he? he he's absolutely flying. Um, no more of the... I mean, that sound like a bit of a broken record when it comes to swooning over Fabian Cher, but <laughs> like you you mentioned Steve Bruce there and and like even Rafa couldn't play him in a, back fo- a flat back four. <laughs> that, those those memories are long gone. He looks absolutely, um, yeah, so accomplished in a in a flat back four, and and is still allowed to to venture forward and uh, get these crucial crucial goals for us. Um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. He is paying for paying the the bargain man of the Premier League. Unless unless you're signing a player that's like on a contract expiry or whatever on a free, then then aside from that. 
if you pay an actual currency for a player, then yeah, he's he's paying for pound number one. He has to be. There's no there's no one surely of any better value than uh, than Fabian Share for three million pound. I'm sure plenty of fans will be agreeing with you on that one. You, you mentioned there, obviously, Forrest's second goal, a real hammer blow, 49 minutes into the 50 of the first half. Newcastle only needed 30 more seconds and they would have went in um, ahead. Obviously, a good finish, a little bit of luck from uh, Hudson Adoy, obviously deflecting off Lewis Miley. And I actually thought, you know, then jumping into the second half, Forrest were really, really on top. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, I've just checked it there. It was 66 minutes when Bruno Gamera scored the, the fifth goal of the game. And as you say, Newcastle really didn't threaten for that time. The second half, Forrest came out, all guns blazing. Um, Taiwo and Munimi scored a fantastic goal. Obviously, flag goes up. Now, a bit of contention moments later when he goes down in a box. You mentioned Matt Sells, who maybe didn't have the best of games in between the sticks. He nearly got himself an assist. Um mm. I've seen a lot of debate over the penalty. I personally, I'm not sure. What What was your view of it? Um, and and do you think Newcastle maybe got away with one when Awanee goes down? Well, it's it's one of the best away ends in the Premier League for me, the City Ground, because you're in the the corner. Unfortunately, my vantage point for that particular incident was the other side of the pitch, <laughs> or the other end of the pitch. So, from where I was standing, it looked like. The you know, a striker has battled having a shot to score a goal and instead gone down looking for a penalty. It's not until I, um, when I got home that I was able to look back at the incident properly. And you know, you get all 20 million replays from every angle in super slow mo. Um, for me, lost control of the ball. Uh, Botman had got back. Dubravka's arms was already out trying to collect the ball. And then he's gone over, so he's initiated the contact. Um, well, if, the, if the boot was on the other foot... Well, that, that's, that... What I, that's what I was just about to ask. If this was at the other end, right in front of you, and it was um, Callum Wilson going down, would you still be thinking the same? I would say there's contact. <laughs> um, but you know, if that was Callum Wilson going through, he would have tucked it away. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't have even got to that. So unlucky. It did. It did feel like he hesitated for a long time. The balls is the balls beating Sven Botman. He's just racing down on goal, and he looked as if he just didn't want to pull the trigger, which is a bit surprising given as, as we've talked about. We scored a, a very very good goal just moments earlier. I, I personally agree. I think you look at the replay of it and you see that it's actually probably him initiating the contract with Dubravka's arm. Um, but I've seen a lot of people, and even Newcastle fans, I mean, we've got people in the comments here. Peter Slater saying, I think it was a penalty. Newcastle got away with it. Um, but then you do also have people saying... I think um, I'm going to bring back a cricketing analogy, which I've, I've used a couple of times, either on here or, or on uh, NFTV. Umpire's call. It will just stay with the on-field decision. Umpire's mm -hmm. call, the old LBW. Um, yeah, I, if that would have been given on-field as a penalty, I don't think VAR would have overturned it, and it would have stayed a penalty. And because Anthony Taylor didn't give it on the on the field, then uh, then VAR didn't deem it to be clear and obvious enough to overturn it. But at that at that 
point in the game, there was only one team trying to win it, and it wasn't us. Forrest started the second half really well. We were so sluggish. Um, their equaliser, as you say, was fortunate because it came off the back of Miley, but Cher, Cher was injured. Cher was struggling. And before the incident that led up to um, said goal, the ball came to Cher and he was not comfortable at all. Not mm. comfortable. But he's in, in defence of him, he's probably thinking, right, 20 seconds to go or whatever, I can get to half-time instead of going down and stopping the game. In hindsight, he should have gone down. But, you know... <laughs> It was just a bit naive, but yeah, second half we were we we started really sluggishly, and I think the turning point was probably the substitution Harvey Barnes coming on for for Almiron. Yeah, absolutely, it did seem to change his game, and it's this luxury that Eddie Howe hasn't had in recent months of actually being able to bring attacking players on the bench. I think that's why we saw Tino Levermento benched for so long, is because actually he was the player coming on and playing as a winger. Now we've obviously got Barnes and, and Jacob Murphy back, although. We know Jacob Murphy wasn't actually usable on Saturday after it. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that at half time because he, he didn't warm up with the other subs as as they do, like have a bit of a jig jog and uh, a, a kick about. He, he stayed sat on the bench, so I knew something was up there. Whether or not, I don't, I don't know. Did he feel something in the warm up or? Yeah, it was a it was a tight call from the warm up, um, according to Eddie Howe. So hopefully he hasn't been added to that injury list. But that was obviously why he didn't come on and and why there was probably some confusion as to why he didn't come out. But as you say, Harvey Barnes coming back, it was a very, very good change. Newcastle sort of found a little bit of a second gear midway through the second half against the runner play. Bruno nicks the ball, fantastic finish. And then, I mean, he must have been close enough to you guys in the away end that you could that you could smell his armpits. Yes, I was a bit further up. Um, but yeah, it, it, oh, it's a great away end, the city ground. It is one of my favourite... Um, favourite away days to go to proper proper football club proper proper stadium proper old school stadium not like these new ones that just look a bit samey yeah. I know there's a couple of exceptions with like Spurs and stuff that's obviously a great new stadium but like this one's a proper a proper football ground you know 30,000 capacity full pretty much every week and uh, yeah it's always a good atmosphere there um, yeah when Bruno God, he's good. Um, when he when he when he tucked it away, Sells did actually get a bit of a hand to it as well. Mm -hmm. But um, as I said earlier, fortunately he's still rubbish, so um, it it didn't it didn't um, stop it. Uh, yeah, great scenes in the away end. Um, I hugged a chap behind me who I don't know and will probably never see again. Um, but if you're watching, hi. Um, but yeah, 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 just one of those classic little moments, and then. Um, yeah, the, the songs from then till till full time just did not stop, and then and then even after full time, we were in the ground a good half hour, um, as we were last year. It was it was so deja vu. Um, it, it was great, so much fun. But I think when we did finally take the lead for the third time, we did look a bit more comfortable. We look a bit more assured with with Barnes on the pitch, and then obviously how did. Um, made the switch with Livramento for, for Miley and just shored, thing up, uh, shored things up at the back. Um, I mean, look, if you're going to invite pressure on, you may as well shore things up and go to a back five because we still don't have them options off the bench to, to you know carry on the way we want to. We're still missing Isaac. Wilson's still not fully wound up, although 
when we went three to up, Wilson was absolutely superb in holding the ball up. Strength, bit of S housery as well, which we've we've been missing a lot this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was he did an incredible job um, to keep the ball um, away from danger. And yeah, we I, I, we we looked a bit fight at last after 60, 70 minutes of the game. We looked a bit more comfortable. Yeah, I, I think I, I completely agree. I think when when the third, sorry, the fifth goal goes in and, and Newcastle have that lead, I fully expected Forrest to sort of go a bit gung ho and throw the kitchen sink at it. And I didn't really think they did. I think that was partly because of Newcastle just sort of, you know, Bruno dropped a lot deeper. Livermento comes on, as they say, they, 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 they managed the game really well. And that's something that we've seen Newcastle really struggle with at times this season. You go back to Liverpool, you go back to PSG and Milan and games like that where they've had a lead and they've lost it. I think it's been really good the last couple of weeks where they've had leads at Fulham and they've had leads at Villa and they've had leads at Forest, all on the road as well, by the way. They couldn't buy an away win at the back end of last year. Um, and I think it's really, really positive to see that. And I think I, I completely agree with what you've said. They looked so much better. We've got Sean here in the comments saying, Barnes and Tino changed the game. Our midfield was leaving gaps all over, but Tino should have started and we also missed Jolinton. And, and just one thing I want to say again about the away end that you just mentioned. Um, I was watching a replay yesterday and I saw Bruno with his fingers in his ears and the camera just shot into the crowd and I saw my girlfriend's dad Three rows from the front, chanting Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. Um, so I sent him a little screenshot of that, and it's already his Facebook profile picture. So, um, oh, love there was, that. There was some Graham Swan was in there as well. I uh, know Graham Swan was in there. We had Shearer a couple of weeks ago. Um, Swan, Swanee was there last year as well. I remember, obviously, uh, Nottinghamshire uh, county cricket legend and England cricket legend as well. Like, he was uh, there's there's a uh, it was the the shot at the end of the the game, or was it the end of the game? Or it might have been for Bruno's goal actually, like that they put on and like Graham Swan is right in there. He's in the top corner, isn't he? Just yeah, celebration. It's a great photo. Um, another Serena special, but uh, yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. As I say, it's a really, really good, really good away and really good away day. Nottingham's a great little city. Um, yeah, thoroughly recommend if you uh, if you have the points. As you say, there might be a little bit of a balloting issue for some people, but uh, good to see that there was another full aware. Now, just before we finish, there was, there was a little bit of a blow at the end. Obviously, Wilson, as you say, finished the game quite strongly, but went down in the in the very closing seconds with what looks like um, a arm injury. Um, at first, it looked like it might be another dislocated shoulder, which would have been the third this season, but anyhow, reckons it might just be a muscle issue. Um, and I know we've obviously joked about Fabian Cher going up there, but if Wilson is out again, they're really, really short of options again, aren't they? They are. I mean, I would expect, um, in all seriousness, although I haven't said that, I was being serious about Cher. It's, it's not the worst idea in the world, but I would I would sooner expect Barnes to come in on the left and Gordon to go up top. Um, but yeah, I, I clocked that straight away. Actually, two physios come on uh, and tended to Callum Wilson at, at, the, at the final whistle. It's just can't buy luck with uh, well, can't buy anything because of FFFP. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's it's one of them. Obviously, Isaac's not too far off a return, but it seems like neither of them can be fit at the same time. And what was great 
it was around about this time last year, really, when well after the cup final we got that vital home win against um, against Wolves, and then we went on an amazing run where Wilson and Isaac were both fit, both spurring each other on. Um, both scoring goals, whether they started or were coming off the bench, and they were really pushing each other on in a really kind of healthy competition. But we haven't had that at all this season, um, which has been really harmful in a way because, um, you know, having a good goal scorer can hide a a multitude of um, frailties, let alone having two of them, um, which we've got. So, Look, hopefully it's not too serious and we do have a proper striker fit and available for, for Bournemouth at home on Saturday because, you know, now the away form seems to have kind of starting to sort itself out. This home form needs sorting now as well. Our home forms are bread and butter. One of the main reasons we got top four last season, um, you know, it turned into the old cliche, the old fortress St. James's again, and, and it hasn't been of late. Um some very, very silly results at home lately. We should never be conceding four goals at home to Luton Town or three at home to Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, it's it, it needs sorting and hopefully that can start this weekend. Hopefully that's a very, very tough task um, against a, a very decent Bournemouth side. I think just on, on Wilson and Isaac, I think it's, as you say, it seems like when one of them gets fit, the other one thinks, okay, well, I'm just going to get injured, and we haven't had that consistency. Um, anybody maybe they've just... got a timeshare in a holiday home. <laughs> one of them is jetting off while the other one's playing, and then they're going to swap. Yeah, the maybe there's a there's a chalet in Fiordaventura <laughs> that they that they share, they rotate. I don't know. Timeshare? Are they still a thing? Timeshares? That feels very sort of naughty. I've no idea. I I've been on like one holiday in my whole life. It, uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's not my area of expertise. <laughs> well, I'll, another question to put Eddie Howe this weekend, maybe. Um, yeah, can I, I'm I'm up in the northeast Wednesday to Saturday. Can I come? I'll ask yeah, him them questions. We'll sneak it in. We'll get you in uh, and ask if he can sort you some away points as well while we're at it. Oh, that'll do. Just just before we go and just before we get on the trivia, um, I want to ask you about the rest of the season because um, after Saturday's win. Pretty much in the space of an hour after the game, three uh, of Newcastle's contingent were asked about the top four, and that was Eddie Howe, Bruno and Trippier. Now, they sort of gave slightly different answers. Bruno, as you can expect, was, we need to qualify for the Champions League. Trippier says, never say never, but he was very sort of apprehensive to say that it was still their aim. And Eddie Howe didn't say it, but you could tell that he thought it was maybe out of their reach now. We know that fifth might get you Champions League this year. Um, and if so, Newcastle are only 10 points off that. Do you think it's too far of a stretch with 14 games to go? Yeah, uh, I have done for a while, to be honest. Um, but that's not necessarily... Um, and that, that, That's not me being negative. I still think we can have a very successful season and not qualify for the Champions League, whether that's top four or top five. Um, I've no real issue in... You know whether we whether we qualify for the Champions League or not. I think so long as we qualify for a European competition, whether that's Europa or Europa Conference, that'll do for me. Considering the the horrendous injury crisis we've had this season, which has been utterly relentless. You know we've had a good Carabao Cup run again. Champions League was amazing, but tinge of disappointment because we should never have let that lead to Milan at home slip. 
-hmm. And, you know, I, I do kind of look wistfully at potentially, you know, we should have been planning trips to Sociedad this week. Um, which is, ironically, my my uh, ideal replacement of choice for Miguel Almiron plays for Real Sociedad in Takakubo. So uh, I have one eye on that. Um but yeah, we can still have a successful season. But I do think top four is gone. Obviously, the the FA Cup is is so so key. We're what two games from Wembley already for the semi final. Um, Blackburn's not going to be easy. Just changed their manager as well, which is a bit of a shame because it would have been good with that connection with Jean Dal Thomason, mm -hmm. who um, a few years ago I did compare to Joe Linton because I thought there was a bit of a John Dal Thomason thing with Joe Linton, and look what's happened. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, so a bit, of, a bit of a, a, a blow that is because we never like playing teams that have just changed the manager because of the old bounce that some teams get. We've still got a few tricky games and a few tricky places to go. Um, so yeah, although we're only like five points worse off than what we were last season, yeah. which when you put that into context, if we had them five points, we still wouldn't be in and around the top four anyway. Um, so it just goes to show Liverpool have come on, Spurs um, are making full use of um, not having European football this season and putting everything into the lead. They've just, you know, snuck ahead in the top four race now. Villa, you know, copy us pretty much relentlessly and, and copy us with anything and everything they can, whether it's transfer targets, shirt manufacturers, anything they can do to copy us, they do. And they're copying us with a, a good league campaign this season. Um Yes, I am biased against Aston Villa. Uh, the wife is a Villa fan, as regular listeners and viewers will, will know. So it was a good night the other week. Uh, I had a great time. Um, so I hope they don't get top four um, or five. Man United are Man United are irritating because they keep having terrible seasons, but they're still up there. Yeah. They're still they still grind out results despite everything. And I hand on heart, we're we're a better team than Manchester United for me. Um, but you know they still they still keep doing it. Um, West Ham will fade. I think Brighton will probably fade too. They they tend to kind of late on. Um, but yeah, big big home games against West Ham and um, and Brighton. And um, but you know we've got to go to Old Trafford in the league. If we can get wins like that, then who knows? We could maybe sneak fifth. We've got to play Spurs at home as well, haven't we? Mm. Um, you know, we're finished with uh, Liverpool. We're finished with City. Arsenal away is, is coming up. Um, they're going to still hold a grudge because they all don't know what a sphere is. Um, so that that's going to be a, a hotly contested game. We'll be lucky to get anything from that. Although we did get a point there last season. Um, I don't know. I suppose you want to play the teams around you, don't you? Really, that's good so, because if you can beat them, then things can change. Things all, all of a sudden, a ten-point gap can become four, and then you think, well, they only need you know, it it, it, it can it can soon change things. But if we can go on a run like we did last season. We went on a tremendous run of form up until we got a lot of injuries late on. I don't know. I, I don't know, but that's probably a bit blue sky thinking. I, th I think top four is a bit out of our reach. But again, I, I'm, if we finish seventh and we, and we can maybe sneak to Wembley in the FA Cup, I'm, I'm happy with that. 
Look, it won't be a popular thing to say, but I am actually really, really hoping that the Castle just have a decent run in the Conference League. Can you imagine the chances of winning that tournament? You look at West Ham. Why? Why? Like it's, that. That can be a serious, serious chance of a probably the best chance uh, of a trophy since um, we we're in the UEFA Cup with Graham Souness, but with Bobby's team. Um, the, you know the old Sporting Lisbon night. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be against that. I mean, yes, it, the away days aren't as glamorous as, as Dortmund, Milan, Paris. You know, we might have to, to go to some pretty far-flung places around Europe. But, you know, there's a real chance to, to, you know, Villa may well win it this season as well. That really wouldn't be a shock. Um, I, I think we, we could have a great run in it, like you say, and, and I'd, I'd make us favourites to win it. Well, that's what I was just about to say. Imagine going into a European tournament and actually being one of the, the favourites, if not the favourite, to go on and win it. Um, so, yeah, that is that for me. I would take that. And as you say, a good, decent run, hopefully to at least the semis in the FA Cup as well. We've got Ian in the comments saying we're five points off where we were last season. Never say never. Graham says top four. Check out my United's fixtures. They're not a good team. Villa seem to have lost their form and have Europe coming up. Get the consistency going. Will it back? And our fixtures aren't too bad. Um, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. It is a key time for Villa as well because they are now. They haven't rotated their team much in the first half of the season. And now is a time where, obviously, they've come out of the FA Cup now. A really disappointing performance at home to Chelsea for them. They've got to balance their squad back to the old Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, it, it could be tricky for them to, to, to maintain... Um, their position because they're not blessed with masses of squad depth. It's still a good squad, um, but you know they've been they've been very lucky with with injuries this year. So a, f a few they could easily run into a bit of trouble. And yeah, I, I just, we are a better team than Manchester United. I just, I just we we are. I think a lot of people in the comments and listening to this later will agree with you on that one. Um, I was going to go on the trivia sound, but you just mentioned something in your last answer that made me made me remember that I was going to actually ask you something else. Now, for those who don't know about Sam, he predicted Alexander Isak was the man to lead Newcastle's front line long before he signed. It was also, was it Sonali as well? You know, yeah, it was. Him? Yeah, I mean, I yes. didn't predict the uh, the gambling ban, but, you know, yeah. I predicted it, you know, I wanted You've it. got a lot of things right other than the, the gambling ban, which I don't think many people predicted. With that in mind, you've obviously just mentioned a name there uh, who you want. Was it Kubo who you wanted to replace? Yes. Nick would he be your number one, or if not, who is your dream transfer for Newcastle United? Given that you've had two go your way in recent seasons, he, he's he's my number one in that position um, for for right wing because um, when I was on with um, with Andrew um, just before the the window opened, and then obviously came to light that we can't spend a penny. Um, I, I still said. Okay, this was before Joe Linton's season-ending injury as well. I still said right wing was was the priority for January at the time. Um, we might get well. We're going to have to get away with it now, with uh, Miggy and Murphy to the to the end of the season. But yeah, in that position, Taka Taka Kubo for for Sociedad, um, Japanese international right wing, um, two-footed player can cut inside can 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 go down the line he can do everything really really pacey really skillful has all the attributes for premier league football um 
yeah, I mean, I mean, look, as, as we say, Champions League bat is back this week, so um, check out um, in play for Real Sociedad. Um, my number one, uh, and I said this to you last summer as well, didn't I, about Florian Burtz, but he's not yeah. a secret anymore. Um, he was at the time, but he's just not a secret. And, and you know what? I fully expect him to be in a Liverpool shirt with Xabi Alonso uh, at the start of next season, unfortunately, which will just pain me because, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> Don't like Liverpool. <laughs> but yeah, um, Takakubo. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, if there are any more I can um, I can um, reel off the top of my head. Well, I, um, I suppose centre-back is a, is a position where we'll, we'll probably need to invest soon as well. Obviously, Cher's signed on for another year. Um, I don't know, maybe Simicon from um, was it Leipzig? Mm. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he'd be a good option. But uh, yeah, Takakubo, right wing, he'd be my number one pick to to eventually replace Almiron because, again, Almiron's 30 now. So, you know, you're at a time whether you cash in or, you know, he stays until he's 33 or whatever. So. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye out for Kubo, given that your, your track record's been so good. One one name for me that stands out, and I know that they've been linked with him, and I thought he was very, very good on Saturday. I would absolutely love to see Morgan Gibbs-White in a Newcastle shirt. I think he would cost you a lot of money. You're shaking your head in disagreement there. Right, good player. We're, we're, fun fact, me and Morgan Gibbs-White are from the same town. Uh, we're both from Stafford, although I'm not from Stafford technically, but I live in and around Stafford. Um, Forrest signed him off Wolves for the same money as we paid for Bruno. They're going to want to make a profit on Morgan Gibbs-White. So you're looking at 50 mil. He ain't worth that. Not reckon? No, not in a month of Sundays. Is he worth that? There are are better players out there for for equivalent value than Morgan Gibbs-White. Good player, not saying he's a bad player whatsoever. Good, you know, um, yeah, I, but I, I, he's just not for me at Newcastle, to be get, honest. Get your application in for a scouting job at Newcastle um, and see if you can go and pick someone up from Europe for a little bit cheaper than I that. would love that. <laughs> I'll do it for That's free. The record in the last couple of seasons has been very good, so um, I definitely, definitely would consider it. Can you ask Eddie how that on Friday as well? I'm going to have to write all these questions. I think that's about six. I've got to ask him now. With a with a with a with a copy of my CV. <laughs> yeah, I get that done for you this week. Right, are you ready for some for some trivia to to, to end? The trip? Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna try something a bit different this week, and I hope this works. I'm sure it will. But we're gonna do a bit of Newcastle United tenable, famous ITV show, Warwick Davies. I need ten answers from you. And seeing as Newcastle United have finally found that they can win away games again, what I want from you, Sam Mulliner, is for you to give me the last 10 goal scorers for Newcastle United in away games. So, we're not going to do Forest because we've just had it. So, we're going to do from Villa backwards. I want you to give me the last 10. And also, you can have opposition players who scored own goals, as there might be a few in this list. And don't worry. So you're not giving it Jacob Murphy either? Well, I've got two names written down. So if you want to go Murphy, I'll give you half a point for it. Um, and as we get a little bit further back, I will give you a hand because I appreciate it. We go back 
quite away. We go back a good couple of months. But we'll start from Villa and we'll work backwards and we'll see how many you can get if you're ready. That's Fabian Share. Fabian Share is number one. Um, so th- obviously the, the the bone of contention is going to be is this um, Murphy or Moreno? Well, we've got both. I think we'll give it to Murphy. Surely it was going on target. I would. Um, so Big Dan Byrne. Yeah, Fulham two 0 Who was the other goal scorer? Uh, Sean Longstaff. Number four, Sean Longstaff. Now we go back to uh, the Derby Day win. Oh, we're including cup games. We're including cup games, all competitions. So we've got we've got a. Couple oh, sorry, of oh, yeah, of course we are. We literally just did FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alex Isaac. Alexander Isaac is at number six. Number five. Oh, the cretinous Macam centre back. <laughs> it begins. It begins with B. It does. It his first name is Dan. That gives you a little. Is it something like Boulder or something like that? Dan Ballard. So you were you were with that one. So that'll do. I mean, you know, he's never going to play in the Premier League. We're six. We through. shouldn't do after that performance, anyway. Yeah, very true, very true. So we're flying through them now. You're at number six. We then go back to Liverpool, the four-two defeat. Now I will say, Alexander Isak does score in this game, but you've already had him, so we need the other goal scorer. Ooh. Oh, a, a late consolation, if my memory serves me right. Uh, Sven Botman. Sven Botman was the last scorer of that. We then have Luton away where they didn't score because they got beat 1-0. So we then go back to Chelsea for number eight. 1-1 in the Carabao Cup. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson is number eight. We then go... Still stings a bit, that, doesn't it? Yeah. God, don't remind me. Why have I brought it up? We then go back to 4-1 away at Tottenham. God, I've deleted that game from my mind. Again, again a, another consolation yeah. to death. I don't, I don't want to. I didn't. I don't want to remember that game. That that was deleted from my mind, Palace. Um, right. Let me think. Strap yourselves in, folks. We're in for a wait. So just to give you a hint, we've already had Wilson, Botman, Isaac, Longstaff, Byrne, Cher, and Murphy. Can't be any of those. Right, okay. It wasn't Gordon. It wasn't Gordon. It was a player who's currently out injured. Wow, that really narrows it down, doesn't it? <laughs> that really narrows it down. Wow, okay. Half the squad. Oh, people are going to be screaming. I said, This is the thing. Any really bad game, I delete from my my hard drive it's honestly got... it was it was so late in the game when Newcastle were already fallen down I'm not surprised that you've got it out of your memory do you want us to give you oh right hang on right, no injured right so who's injured at the moment who's not on the bench so no but we've done Isaac injured 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 Big player we've mentioned. Joe Linton. It was Joe Linton at the death making a I knew I'd get there in the end. Yes, I remember it well now. James just popped it in the comments as well, just in time. Now, 
for number 10, we have to go back five games because before wow. Spurs, they lost to Everton where they didn't score. PSG, they scored once, but it was Isaac. Bournemouth yeah. and Dortmund, they didn't score either. So we now go back to the last scorer in the 3-0 win over Manchester United at Old Trafford. In oh, the- it, was Joe, it was Joe Willock. It was Joe Willock. Do you want to give me 11 and 12 because we haven't had them? Lewis Hall and oh, Miggy Almiron. Miggy Almiron, there you go. Tell you what, that is a that is a valiant effort, Joe Linton aside. Joe Linton aside, yeah, but yeah, I I, I will, uh, yeah, that game was just so forgettable, wasn't it? Um, but no, I should, I, I will take the point, I should have got it quicker. No, but very, very good effort, and hopefully that was better than the last time you attempted trivia on this uh, podcast with a certain host who, who didn't do such a good job. Chalk and cheese, chalk and cheese. I'll pass that feedback on him when he's back from his holiday, no doubt. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for, for joining us this afternoon. Um, it's been a very, very good podcast. I do say so myself. Um, just tell everyone before you go where they can find you uh, and, and your work. Uh, over on Newcastle Fans TV on uh, YouTube. Got some great content from the Forest game and also the women's game yesterday. So uh, just type in Newcastle Fans TV on YouTube and you'll uh, you'll find us there. Go and check out Sam's stuff. The lads do fantastic work on the channel. Thank you to everybody who has watched live on Facebook and who is watching later uh, on YouTube and listening on our audio provider. We'll be back later this week um, for the match preview with John Gibson and we'll have a view from the opposition later in the week um, to get the lowdown on Bournemouth. Until then, have a fantastic week and we'll speak to you very, very soon.